What's going on, guys? Casey and George with the Golden Bracket Racing YouTube channel. A little bit later tonight, we got a really good guest for y'all tonight. Uh, man, I've been uh, going through some trials and tribulations. Got some phone calls that I didn't necessarily want to get about some parts that I was getting fixed that can't be fixed. So the wallet's opening up again, George. I'm about tired of it, man. Yeah, man. I'm just glad to see you still alive. Uh, everybody knows how. <laughs> having the, the better half of us can uh, get us in a little bit of trouble sometimes when that wallet opens up. But Casey, man, I'm glad to see you still alive. Hate to hear that uh, that they were not able to be rebuilt, though. That kind of would have pinched a few pennies like that, huh? <laughs> oh, man, I'm, I'm tired of spending money, man. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just kind of how things have worked out. I, you know, it's like I was saying earlier, I, I expected to spend a certain amount on this whole deal, and I've spent three times that, but that's that's race cars, man. I mean, that's just, that's how it goes. But, uh, you know, the only bright side to it is whenever you have to buy new parts and pieces and everything, right. you got new parts and pieces. That's the right. only upside. Right. Here I am sitting here. I didn't hit go live on Facebook, so I just hit it. Anyway, we wasn't really talking about much except for Casey just figuring <laughs> out that uh, that uh, his, uh, his uh, shocks have to be rebuilt. Right, Casey? Yeah. And I don't want to say it again. So if you right. need to go see it, if you need to go see my rant, you got to go to the YouTube page and find it. <laughs> got to go to YouTube, guys. Sorry about that. Uh, been a long night so far, but uh, everything's going well. Again, like Casey said, we got a, a guest for you guys. I'm pretty sure you know who it is. We'll bring them to you right back uh, after these messages from our good friends over at TSR. Racing Products has everything you need to make your Power Glide Turbo 350, Turbo 400, and 727 transmissions the best they can be on the street or at the track. With exceptional products, customer service, and over 30 years of experience, TSR Racing Products is always available to help their customers with any of their transmission needs. In-house machining ensures you only receive the best products from TSR Racing. Visit TSR Racing Products at tsr-racing.com or give them a call at 800-394-588. All right, guys, welcome back. Thanks for, for taking time out to review the commercial we have for TSR. Anything you need, guys, going on right now, it's off-season. Everybody has things that they're going to be upgrading, uh, hopefully not downgrading, but if it's a downgrade, hopefully it's better than what you had before, if you know what I mean. So, um, but... I don't have to introduce the guy up in, in the corner up over here, that guy there. That, that's the drag champ himself that I'm pretty sure all of you already know. Uh, we'd like to welcome to the show Mr. Gary Donfrey. Gary, uh, Gary Don, thanks for being here. And thanks for having me. You're right on, man. Absolutely. Yeah. So I promise, as always, guys, you know how we do it here at the Going Bracket Racing YouTube channel. I will not ask you a question that's going to make you turn beet red on, on the screen right now. I promise you. Okay, I'll, I'll, there's not one question on this little paper right here that'll catch you off guard, I promise, okay? But the most, the one question we ask every single time, everyone who ever comes on the Going Bracket Racing YouTube channel is, how did you get into uh, bracket racing? How did I get into bracket racing? That started with my dad. I grew up at Twin City Raceway. It was called Twin City Dragway, I think, then in Monroe, Louisiana. It's been every weekend of my pretty much entire childhood there up until I moved to Texas in the mid-90s. So worked at the track, raced at the track. Um, when I was a kid, I was the the uh, pip juice, as they call it now. It was the <laughs> DHT. You know, I'd squirt it under my dad's friend's tires, and they'd 
do the old dry hop under it and put them in the water and then worked at the track and did everything from writing time slips to work in the water box, the start line, all that kind of stuff. So just grew up around it, man. And it just, uh, it's been a part of my life since as long as I can remember. You got burned early at an early age, just like all of us, huh? We all got burned by something, huh, Casey? Yeah, exactly. You just down there in uh, Monroe, Louisiana, you hanging out with those Duck Dynasty boys? <laughs> yeah. You know, I didn't know those those guys at all. I guess they're younger than me, and so uh, they didn't get famous till I was long gone from that area. But my dad's shop was, before he uh, before he shut it down, was just like a mile or so down the road from their, their uh, facility, I guess you'd call it, so. Hey, it looks like they're always eating good. You really missed out, it seems like. <laughs> we eat but, good uh, Louisiana. We drink beer and we eat good. <laughs> exactly. That's I'm down for that, man. Uh, so tell us about Drag Champ, man. When when did you start Drag Champ and uh, what made you decide to take the leap and develop a business within the bracket racing community? Well, I started Drag Champ and I think it was first post went out in August of uh, 2018. And, um, you know, really just have always wanted my own business and wanted to make uh, money in racing. And my driving skills are uh, not that good. So I figured I better make it as a business and just looked for a business for years and never really came up with anything. And um, I think when the big money bracket racing started to really get big, when you started seeing the million dollar races, multiple um, races like that, you're seeing a lot of 50 granders, 100 granders and just couldn't find who won? You couldn't find out anything other than every now and again on the DRR page, you might find, you know, somebody won. And that was about the extent of it a lot of times. And um, so, you know, I just wanted more information, could find it and decided, hey, this looks easy, uh, which it's not, by the way. And <laughs> I tell people all the time, everything looks easy when somebody's good at it and make it, they make it look easy. Not easy, but um, end of the day, I just thought, hey, there's an opportunity here. I think there's a need and I want to fill it. And I think it's an opportunity to, to make money and, and uh, provide a service that, uh, you know, I enjoy doing. And then I think other people would. And obviously, uh, you know, we kind of hit a, hit on something and it's grown really rapidly since then. So, Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. and I, I know we saw Austin on just a little while ago in the very beginning. You guys are working on this prestigious list that I believe the drag champ likes to call the top 10. And, oh, yeah. uh, and I guess going bracket racing uh, fans, followers, if you guys don't know what's going on, make sure you follow that link to the Drag Champ Facebook. I want to say that right now. Um, that way, uh, not right now, but after the show, you know what I mean. Uh, but I want to make sure <laughs> I want to make sure you guys know what's going on, who you're actually who you're speaking with. Uh, I, I know that most of you know though, but um, can you tell us a little bit about what it takes to make that list, Gary Don? Um, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be on that top ten before you know it. You're gonna call my name eventually. <laughs> Not Casey's George Door Truck. George George is gonna be on there That's in right. the door truck, right? That's right. Yes. Hey, yes. I'd like to be the runner up just so that way I feel like I did something. I don't even care at this point. I just I just want to do anything to get more money in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. You know the top ten list is kind of funny. We we started it. It was an idea to get more traffic. Um, to get people to see all the the posts we were writing, all the results post, and it was just a thought of, um, you know, how do we maybe rank some of this stuff and and get people to link up and see who won the over the weekend. So that's kind of how it started. I did not realize it would be as popular as it is. Uh, it just for the first two years when any, anyone thought of drag champ, they just would talk about the top ten, the top ten, and 
So it's definitely grown into something a lot more prestigious than I ever imagined, but uh, it's fun. But it, the work in putting it together has gotten tougher. Uh, when when a lot of people didn't know the page and weren't watching it and looking, you know, we could pretty much put anybody on there. We would look through races that we knew, you know, NHRA stuff, big money bracket race, and, you know, that was it. Well, now, I mean, we get stuff from all over the country. The nominations post goes out at 6 p.m. on uh, Facebook every Monday night, and it just gets flooded with comments. And we're doing the junior top 10 uh, to give those kids a chance, and we're obviously doing the big car top 10. So two of them are, uh, there's, you know, 100 comments plus on the junior one every week, and, and sometimes more than that on the big car list. So a lot, of go, lot to go through, and we just try to go through all the results we see. We try to look for all the nominations for stuff that we may not know about because there's a lot a lot of people that are, you know, winning three races on a weekend in Washington State or something, and I would have never known had they not nominated. So we try to rank right. all that as best we can and come up with a list that makes sense. We're not perfect. Uh, we don't always get it right, but uh, I think overall, you know, we hit it more often than we miss, and, uh, you know, so it's uh, – but it is a lot of work. We do that Tuesday nights. We spend uh, – sometimes it's midnight before I get done with them, sometimes 1 o'clock in the morning before we get them all wrapped up and posted. But uh, it's a lot – it, it's definitely a lot of work but a lot of fun. Well, and the cool thing that uh, – the thing that I think is cool about the, the Drag Champ Top 10 is that you actually, being a racer yourself, understand that at times you'll go through the Top 10 list and you'll be like – how'd this guy win a 25 grander, but then this guy's above him when he's only won two five granders. And you're like, yeah, man, but do you understand how hard it is to do something and then do it again the next day or the next week, even again, like, you know, obviously taking nothing away from the 25 grander. I've never won a 25 grander, but I do also know that a lot of times at, at least until recently where the 25 grander is seemingly the new five grander, right. it seems like, you know, those five granders, a lot of the normal guys, your local guys, which there's a lot of local hitters that if they'd had the money to go on the road, you'd be seeing them up there running Jeff Sarah in every single final this year, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think when we started it, it was more about, you know, how much did you win, you know? And that was, that automatically placed you at the top. But I mean, nowadays, there's just so many people that are winning multiple times, making multiple finals. And I think, you know, I... I think if you make multiple finals in a weekend at a race that's paying five, ten grand, twenty grand, whatever it is, I mean, and depending on you know the competition there, you know, I think that plays out more sometimes than just winning twenty at a at a you know one of the other big races. So uh, the ranking is really subjective, but we're trying to give credit to someone that's you know performed consistently. So multiple finals have tend to rank you a little higher. Um, you know, obviously multiple wins, double ups, uh, most of the time will get you up near the top. But, uh, you know, sometimes the story's just there, you know, we, um, when depending on what you did that week, that weekend, um, you know, we just, we try, like I said, we try to make it right. And, 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 you know, every now and again, we don't mind a little controversy. If somebody's not happy, that's actually okay. It just means they care. Uh, we get those calls from the junior parents and, uh, we get the messages from moms and dads and, you know, I missed one the other day. Guy won, little young guy won twenty grand, I think, at uh, the Loose Rocker race, the last uh, Loose Rocker race, and just flat out missed him. And and I don't know how we did it. Uh, we we pay attention to those Loose Rocker races, and Michael Beard's a good friend of ours. And I just they messaged me and said, I think you missed an opportunity here. I said, You're right. I apologize. You know, we we, we just flat out missed it. But uh, hey, speaking of uh, Michael Beard's in the chat actually, and he they're uh, they're going kind of. 
uh, back and forth. Ryan Gleghorn's in the chat. Uh, I see Kevin Owen Little out there. Hey, uh, Michael, if you know who won that junior race, we give him some love here on the Going Bracket Racing YouTube channel as well. Gary Don, if you want to go ahead and throw a little shout out to the little guy. Uh, Twenty thousand no, dollars. Big car race. It oh, that was a big car. Big car. Was yeah, it a young Michael Beard's race? Uh, was it? it was a young guy though. I think he was twenty. Oh, I got you. Okay, now I'm catching on. I'm catching on now. Okay, well, my fault, guys. I thought we were getting ready to hear of uh, hear of a youngster I'm pulling sure. a twenty thousand dollar check, and I was getting ready to just shut it down. I'm selling everything. Dang it! At twenty, <laughs> at, at young, under sixteen year old winning a twenty thousand. It's like uh, Casey Pesnell taking care of business that one day. I was almost <laughs> ready to hang it up that day. So. My my fault for interrupting. I thought uh, I thought I was getting ready to go down a rabbit hole there. <laughs> yeah, no, it was Garrett Howell. There you go, Michael Beard. I'm watching the oh. I'm watching the the chat stand the chat box now. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> so yeah, so we we do miss people from time to time. But you know, the fun thing is, is that uh, and especially on these juniors, I hear it all the time. Is these kids will win a race on the weekend, or or they'll look at the end of the weekend and. And they'll ask their parents, do you think that's enough to make the top 10 list? Like some of them have told me, it's like the kid didn't even care about the trophy. They just want to know if they were going to be on the top 10 list. So that's always pretty entertaining. And, and we appreciate it because, I mean, we want to do things that people care about. It, it, it sucks to put your heart and soul into something that nobody cares. So uh, exactly, obviously man. when people care, it's, it makes it fun. Right. Definitely. And it makes it all worthwhile in the end. And speaking of uh, speaking of putting your heart and soul into something, we've, we know you've recently released something called Drag Champ Pro. And we were wondering if you could explain to all of us, going bracket racing, YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere, what is Drag Champ Pro and why do you need to be a member of it? Well, it should be Drag Champ uh, membership or member or team or something like that. But uh, for some reason, Jessica that works with us, uh, she hates those names, team and member. And so we had to come up with something different. And uh, anyway, hang on, I gotta, I gotta switch my view because I see my video lagging on the Facebook page. I'm hoping it's not lagging for everybody else. It's throwing me yeah, off. That's fine. It's yeah. Fine. So anyway, um, we, uh, we wanted to create a membership program to give back to the racers, uh, to give sponsors and advertisers an opportunity to reach our fans uh, and, and just give us a, a bunch more ways, I guess is the best way to put it, of, uh, of ways of getting their name in front of people and, and then just, like I said, being able to give stuff away. So uh, our membership site, we call it Drag Champ Pro. And when you become a pro, you get uh, automatically entered into tons of giveaways. You get a free membership shirt. Um, and the giveaways are things like Dream Weekend entries for, you know, the Great American uh, Bracket Races, New Year's Race. Uh, Dream Weekends where they're going to get weekend entry. You're going to get free buybacks if you need it. Into the, These are to the main events, not to the shootouts. But um and then you get a reserved parking place so uh and we're going to do that with uh, those races we've got tons of promoters coming online so all through the year we'll be giving away uh race entries so uh so it's an affordable way for the promoters to get advertising for their events uh normally we charge for that but we're, we're doing a lot of uh swapping out as you call it so if they'll give away entries we'll give those to our members and they'll benefit and then we'll um you know, basically promote those races for them and help them get attention for the races. But uh, it goes back to companies, companies, instead of advertising on our site, you know, where that's a standardized program and they reach, you know, banner ads and different things where they're reaching our audience. Um, they can come in and just give away a product one time deal and test the waters and work with us. So once again, it helps us grow relationships with these companies and give back to the community that follows us. So 
that's kind of the gist of it. And uh, you know, it's it's actually pretty cheap. It's uh, ten dollars a month. Uh, although we make you, we want you to pay it uh, one time fee, so we can worry about uh, promoting things and giving stuff away instead of tracking down money every month. But uh, other than that, we're we've had a lot of great response to it. Uh, got, I mean, I just talked to someone today. I think um, another race promoter that's on board, and um, so we can. We could name off all the people, but uh, you can go to the Drag Champ Facebook page and see all that stuff. But uh, Drag Champ Pro is uh, it's going to be fun, and we're going to grow it into – my goal is to have the biggest membership program and the baddest membership program in drag racing. So, Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to tell you what. I have a feeling uh, – my next question is going to touch on this too, but you're going to be quite inundated next year uh, with things to do with Drag Champ Pro. Uh, as I see a lot of good things coming, I got to browse through the website myself today, guys. Uh, again, if you don't know what's going on here, click on that link to Drag Champ. It'll take you where you need to be in order to be in the right place at the right time. You never know when your name's going to get called out of that hat to have a dream weekend somewhere with reserved parking. Because honestly, that's huge at a lot of tracks. You never know, man. You go to a track, reserved parking can really put you in that comfort level you need to be in to get those eight, ten rounds done per day at a big race, you know? Oh, yeah. Some of these tracks, it's nice to have that reserve parking. And, and not all of them will have dream weekends. Some of them will just have weekend giveaways. Uh, but uh, we've got discounts on drag champ apparel when you sign up. Uh, we've got uh, discounts with um, Bracket Life brand, um, Cody Spears, if you're buying wheels and uh, wheels and tires from him or a set of rims. I think he's got discounts. So we're, we're basically, you know, when you come in, you don't even have to win anything. You could, you know, sign up and actually start getting discounts from stuff. So we know how hard it is to get free stuff from companies and we know everybody wants free stuff. So I just uh, thought, you know what, we'll, we'll, we'll do the work for the racers and we'll go get the free stuff and then we'll give it away. My so that's kind cool of the thing is if absolutely nothing else, you could potentially be giving someone an opportunity to, to win one of these dream weekends and go to a race they otherwise wouldn't have been able to go to, you, that mm-hmm. might kick your whole career off because guess what? All these amazing seasons like Hunter Patton and Jeff Sarah have had that are unbelievable, Kenny Underwood, all these guys, those all started with one race. And there, it, it sure does seem like the more you think about how Hunter Patton's was last year, he may not have had the season he had had he not done so well so early and had the money to now start going to all these races. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, what did it all start with the fall fling actually the year prior? And then he kind of peddled that into all this other entry fee money. Who knows what would have happened had something had he not gone to the fall fling? Oh, yeah. One one race nowadays with the payments that are uh, the payouts that are out there can can cover your whole season of uh, going to a lot of these events that maybe you didn't want to or couldn't afford to. Um, you know, I talk to people all the time and entry fees are important. And uh, I think that's why you're seeing the resurgence of you know, more 10 granders and 7,500 races. And um, I mean, Jake Hodges race last year. What did it, I think it paid 10 grand. He had 500 cars show up. Working um, man's 10 right. grand. Man, there that's a race I would love to hit, to be honest. Yeah, we're gonna give a weekend entry away for that, George. Right. You should sign up. Yeah, oh, definitely <laughs> in, the, in the back of my mind, I can tell you that right now. Um, but uh, and, uh, I think that's what's going on with a lot of these racers. You know, it's tough because people are, you know, last year was weird for, for a lot of these small businesses and business owners. And this year they've been busy and I think they've stayed a little closer to home and, and hit more of these more local events that paid 7,500 or 10 grand or 15 and, and maybe not so much to the 50s and hundreds and some of those. So, um, yeah. And I guess let's, let's hang out here for just a second since we're on the subject uh, real quick here. Do you see that? coming back this next year with the 
I don't talk politics on here, but with the way things are going currently in our country, do you see us pulling back from a lot of this big money bracket racing? I know I've got Michael Beard in here. He may want to chime in through the chat, but but um, do you see it? Do you see them pulling back, or do you see it kind of stand stable right now? You know, I I may be the wrong person to ask because in Texas it doesn't seem like we are real interested in big money bracket racing for some reason. <laughs> some reason. I, I don't know why. You think it's Texas, a big state, but. Um, it seems like the, that most of the tracks around here are not drawing for the big money stuff. They're drawing more for the 7,500, 10 granders. Um, but uh, I do think if you look at where the crowds showed up, I mean, what did Bowling Green had 500-something entries at a 10G at PG yep. or whatever it was? I think yep. that was because everybody kept buying in first round like 500 times. But, Rebuying yeah. back, yep. <laughs> but that shows they had the money to do it and willing to, right? So, right. Um, you know, and there was a lot of races out there. I think the big races did okay this year. Um, if you had the right location and, and the right marketing for it, I think they did well. I don't think they probably made the money they wanted to, which tells me that, um, you know, I, I – I look at this and I get told all the time I need to do, I need to put on a race, I need to be a promoter, but I've got enough hats right now. I don't really want to do that. But if I was going to do a race, it was going to be something that had the big money feel. So you had some giveaways, you may have some some type of live feed. I think people really want the live feeds and it makes that race feel bigger. And um, I think I would have a 10 grand, I would have some 10 granders, you know? Um, I don't know that I would have to go really big if I was going to put one on and I think you can make probably as much money doing that as you could putting on some 50s right well and the thing is is on that note one of the coolest races and i don't know if you've ever gone to it i mean it's a long way from where from where you guys are but george and i are originally from the midwest southern illinois area and i've been to several of luke's door car races out there and he doesn't pay a whole lot of money and the entry <laughs> fee is reasonable but the reason that race is so cool is because even if you don't do any good, he has so many giveaways. There's a very hot, well, there's a very low likelihood, I should say, that you literally walk away with nothing. And I mean, we've we've won drawings out there for all kinds of stuff like dragster hood scoops, dragster, and the scoop came with a scoop tray. I mean, that's five hundred dollars probably right there. Um, yeah, and to a local actually, racer, that's that's pretty good. When you show up to a race and you spend a few hundred dollars in entries, you get to race for some good money, and then you might not win enough to, to get in the round money, but you got $500 worth of something that you can either sell or use. Right. And I'm fairly certain his King of Illinois race uh, at one point was only a $100 entry fee, and then they just all payback or whatever. Well, that race paid like $29,000. You know, I mean, that's the type of – like, you can, if you can go racing, you've got a $100 bill. You know right. What I mean? It might have been five hundred dollars or something at that point, but I'm pretty sure one of the first ones might have been a hundred dollars. Well, the thing is, is that if you didn't have to buy that a couple of days in a row, go run the King of Illinois, you might win a whole bunch of money, and you know, true. It's you get to actually race while you're there. That's the point. You know. Yeah, I think there's still a place, obviously, for the big events, um, but I think you know, George, to your point, uh, I don't believe there's a guaranteed million next year on the horizon. Um, I don't believe Kyle Riley has uh, put a million dollar the 1.1 or whatever that's going to be. I don't think that's on the agenda. So we're going to go back to two millions that are not guaranteed, which probably is right, you know, for the for the market conditions. But I think the promoters know, you know, they get a feel for what the interest is in their races. And I think they're basically all kind of adjusting to what people are looking for. And some of that last year was the pre-entry stuff. You know, people were kind of burnt out on the pre-entry. It seemed like so everybody dropped that. I still think that plays a part for some of these races, depending on the size of the race. Uh, maybe yeah. not every race, but um, 
you know, but I think the promoters will, they'll put the big money up when they know they can get the crowds for sure. Yeah. And if you're going to put on, you know, if you're going to put on a guaranteed million dollars to win or more bracket race, you, you have to have free entry, man, because the guys that participate in our sport aren't multimillionaires most of the time, even though it looks like it sometimes (laughs) most people aren't. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, if you want to participate in something like that and you want that to happen, it has to be pre-entry because these guys can't lose everything just to try to put a cool, a cool thing on. They got families too, you know, and, and a lot of that scenario, like that's not Galen and Britt's job. You know what I mean? That's, that's not their job to, to do races. They do races because they like racing and like doing things for the racers, but they have real jobs. So that's not how they make their money. Well, and a lot of people think they, yeah, a lot of people are thinking they get rich off of it and all the promoters and tracks are getting rich. But, um, you know, I've been behind the scenes at at quite a few of these races over the last few years. And uh, I have an appreciation for what it takes to run those races, to put them on the risk involved. Um, You know, I honestly didn't know how much it cost to rent some of these tracks for the weekend. I was kind of appalled. Not that it's anything wrong, but I just went, oh, well, I thought the promoter might have been making a little more than they were. But I didn't realize how much. uh, There's a lot of risk involved. There's a lot of work involved um, just to put on one or two races a year. And some of these guys are putting on more than that. So it it is definitely uh, there's. And then, of course, being there and kind of make some of the decisions. I mean, I was at a couple of races this year. I promise you guys, I don't know what decision I would have made. I would have, I mean, these guys are put in such crazy situations sometimes. And it's like, how do you handle that? And I was, my son was asking me, he's like, well, what do they do here? We were watching, a, we were at a race and it kind of got weird. And, and, uh, you know, I said, son, I don't know what I would do. Like, I don't want to be a promoter. <laughs> so yeah. we, we think they're, it's all easy, but, uh, those guys, you know, I'm, I'm proud that, uh, those guys are doing what they do, uh, guys and gals, I would say, and we're glad to have them out there in the tracks too, because the tracks are working their tails off just to stay in business. So. Yeah. You can't, you or, can't yeah, say exactly. enough for them to, uh, a, a lot of promoters, uh, thank you for what you guys do. Well, bracket racing wouldn't be going bracket racing without the promoter that puts on the bracket race. So, Hey, hats off to you guys for, for doing what you do. Um, I see Paige Hamlin in the chat there. That's a promoter. I see uh, Michael Beard in the chat. So you guys are sitting there, sitting right next to promoters in the chat. So if you got some questions, drop them off on in there. But uh, Gary Don, aside from Drag Champ Pro, what do you got planned? What else do you got planned for, for next year uh, as, far, as far as Drag Champ goes in 2022? Um, drag Champ Pro, <laughs> drag champ. winning some races, uh, growing the site, and continue to do things. You know, I mean, uh, right now it is a uh, it is a full time gig. We've got lots of great help um, behind the scenes doing what we do, and you know, we want to continue to just raise the bar with what we do and make it. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, I've always said we want to make these bracket racers and NHRA sports and racers, you know, superstars. We want them to feel like they're the John Forces of the world. Um, and the juniors as well. We want people when these junior kids come out of juniors, we want people to know who they are. We want the the different companies to know, hey, this is someone that's represented themselves well. Now we're going to help them get into big cars and, and sponsor them or whatever it might be. So um, we had looked at putting the juniors on a separate uh, website and stuff like that and web page. But I'm like, that just doesn't do them justice. They need to be out there with the big, big cars and people need to see those juniors as well. So um, just continue to promote the sport and do our part of it i guess you would say awesome man the uh i want to run through the chat here and try to find this these there were two questions they had in here we got 
Back at it racing in here, Troy Abercrombie, Alan Boykin, Jeremy McCracken, Bill Batson. Troy Abercrombie, Team 14, what's up, man? Uh, so we got two questions in here. Here I found it. So Jeremy McCracken says, first of all, where's Drag Champ located? Aren't you in Paris? Is that right, Paris, Texas? No, no, no. We're in, uh, we're in Katy, Texas. So we're on the west side Katy, of Houston. Texas. All right. I got all family right, there, so, by the way. I got yeah. family there. <laughs> Second, uh, this is the question I was actually uh, – looking for here because it was actually my next question as well uh who was it in here now i just lost it again anyway somebody in here is asking when's the drag champ podcast coming back it's coming back next year but it will be part of the drag champ pro uh, membership program so if you're not a pro member you're not going to see it um so that's that's my uh that's one of my gimmicks for next year is everybody wants it back (laughs) but uh you know, at the end of the day, podcast, um, you know, there's not a lot of sponsorship money in those unless you have millions and millions of, of downloads. And, and while we had um, hundreds of thousands of downloads uh, in a very short period of time, it's not enough to even move the needle for an advertising deal. So that's one of the big benefits of, of joining the membership. Gives us a little bit of money so we can pay our podcast host. Um, you know, we need, to, we need to make, we have professionals on that show. Um, and they need to get a little right. cash. So. You ought to see him, Boyd. Hey, man, that was spot on, Gary. Don, he's in here just, don't let him fool you. There's no podcast coming back there. <laughs> right. So it's coming right back, but it will be a little different. So I've talked to Ron and Jake, and, and they're in. Um, you know, they've heard from, from our fans as much as I have, and everybody at the tracks, when's it coming back? When's it coming back? So we know that people really enjoy it, and, and it is fun, but it is a it is just a bitch to do on a weekly basis with all the other stuff we got going. And so, um, you know, we talked about doing maybe a monthly monthly deal with us. Every four to six weeks, we would do the three of us get together and do something. And then in between that, I've got some ideas to uh, bring in different uh, different people. I want to I want to do some education. So teach people about social media and, and bring in different people that can teach about sponsorships or chassis setups or so I've got ideas for bringing that back, and so it'll it may not be weekly, but we'll try and do at least a couple of months, and uh, we'll teach you a little bit. We'll try to entertain you a little bit as well. And that's true, man, because that's that's what a lot of people, I guess, don't really put two and two together. That not only do you have a job that isn't just drag champ, but Jake has his own business that he's starting now. Plus, he's a traveling announcer. Plus, putting on a bunch of uh, races himself, or a couple of them anyway. And Ryan is at legitimately almost every race you see on Motor Mania. It's like he's their primetime <laughs> announcer now. So, I mean, uh, we were actually talking to Ryan a little bit about that whenever he was on our show the other day. If you haven't seen Ryan Gleghorn's show, go back. It's a great show. Uh, wait, wait. I got a question. Did y'all let him drop the F-bomb? <laughs> hey, man, he did good. He didn't do it. He didn't do it. We were making fun of him at the uh, at the end of the show whenever we had shut everything off, and he goes, yeah, I get wound up sometimes. <laughs> I'll tell you, the funniest thing ever was was just he was quiet one of the episodes, you know, two or three, I mean, 30 minutes in or something, and then all of a sudden we got a holy, and it just, I mean, out of nowhere, and then he got on a rant, and so he would catch you off guard with some of that. Every now and then I'm like, do I need to edit that out, or, oh, well, we just ran with it. You know, Gary, I don't think he said one cuss word, and I think Jake Hodge may have said one the whole time he was on here, so. Man, they must respect y'all a lot more than that. That's how it was, So, So whenever... Jake and, and Ryan had both said, talked about doing a podcast. That was my one requirement was, we one, obviously Luke and Chad are the, the gold standard, right? I mean, right. they've been doing this. I've listened to, well, at one point I'd listened to all 200 and something episodes. I kind of got behind now, but 
they are professionals at what they do and it's 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 really good i said we can't try to beat them we got to be different and i said my thing is is why don't we just make it like a saturday night you're drinking beer sitting around licking your wounds after you got your ass kicked and (laughs) and let's just talk and it said there's gonna have to be cussing because that's how that's i mean look from the smallest kid i can remember i remember guys just cussing like a sailor you know at the races or talking to my dad so I said, well, that's what we got to do. And, and while that turned off a few people, I think the majority of people just say, you know, it's real. It feels like two guys or you know, three well, or four guys just sitting around talking, shooting the shit. And, right. And that's that's what uh, I, I told you this. Actually, the first time I ever talked to you, whenever I was waiting on that gambler's race, which, by the way, never came. I just stood <laughs> around all day getting ate up by mosquitoes, sweating while I was talking to you on the phone, holding uh, my other ear because I'm at the racetrack. And uh yeah, man, that was the reason I really liked it because it honestly really reminded me of it reminded me of the off season in the winter whenever it's all the weekend and everybody's hanging out at one person shop like we all like to do and then there's nothing going on. Or it, it really reminded me of when there's a rain out at the racetrack and everybody's hanging out in someone's trailer yep. or a motorhome or something, you know. But that's why everybody really giving each it. other hell and stuff. But yeah. you know, that's uh, my, that was what my Saturdays and Sundays were in the winter with my dad it's he would get up in the morning on a Saturday and grab me and we'd hit the road and go from shop to shop talking to people and looking at cars and this and that if if we weren't at the shop building motors you know or he wasn't and uh, I mean from my earliest memory so that's kind of what the podcast represented and and obviously my two cohorts in that or that's right up there Alan man those guys can just flat out have some fun and so I think that's what made it so fun so we'll we'll bring it back but uh, I'm just telling you better sign up for that drag champ pro if you want it so so, so next question on my list is one that every time I ask this question, it, the, the number that I give gets larger because it is a tough one in today's age right now in bracket racing altogether. Who, in your opinion, you get five, okay? If you want to expand it, you can. It's, it's totally fine by me. Who would you say is one of the greatest of all time to do it on the drag strip as far as bracket racing goes? Again, it's a tough question. I don't want it to seem loaded or anything like that, guys. Uh, if, if he doesn't name you, his name's not Gary Don for today. Don't go looking for him, all right? But <laughs> what do you got for It's you, tough. It really is because you look back over the years yeah. that I've followed racing since, I would say, probably the early 80s. And, um, you know, the majority of that was probably NHRA stuff and looking at the National Dragsters. But um, top five is tough, man, for all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd have to say, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably leave some people out, but I would say Edmund and Scotty are two of the best I've ever watched do it. They just are that good. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I think Luke is right there with those guys, what he's been able to do and watching him for probably the last 25 years, seeing what he, he was in the mid-90s, this young kid driving a – I think the first time I saw him at track, he was at the motorplex – driving a wagon and stock eliminator or something and you know just really impressed why how how into it he was and then watched him over the years grow i think he's really one of the toughest guys out there in a variety of classes um so there's three i think um i'm always impressed by dan fletcher i know he doesn't bracket race technically but super stock is bracket racing hey he does now he lives down oh yeah from me. yeah, yeah and, and doing it in a wagon what are you getting a hundred grand final in a wagon Oh, man. And that thing, I don't know if you've ever seen it in person, but I have. And that thing, first of all, is not light. And to go 660s in that car probably takes quite a bit of power from that itty-bitty small block. And, uh, man, that's uh, 
he's going to be on the show at some point too. I actually have have something in the works. I think. Okay. Scotty Richardson yeah, that, said thanks. By the way, he said thanks. Who was that? Scotty Richardson said thanks. Man, I've known Scotty and Edmund for longer than I can remember. They probably don't know me that long, but uh, man, those guys are just gold and uh, uh, just super talented. I was glad to be there at the Million to see uh, Scotty in the final and. Um, just to see him there and then turn around the next day and win the 50, I mean, just that was unreal. But I've, I've looked up to him, and I've seen things that him and Evan do in a car, and it's crazy. But um, So where am I at, four now? I don't know who four. would be five. Let's say um, I think on a true bracket racing scene, you'd have to go to like a skinny kitty. I mean, that right. dude, you know, <clears throat> come on, man. I mean, that dude has won forever and won right. it every race. Um, and then obviously I'm going to go the Williams brothers together. And then just for fun, number 26, Sugar Shane. I've watched Sugar Shane do so much. Uh, I'm going to throw him out there just, just to give him some love, too. Man, and based off, based off what we're talking about right now, so I feel like you're the one I need to ask this because you, you run the top 10 list, and I've, I've kind of talked to you through emails about this type of thing. And who had the more dominant season? Was it Jeff Sarah or was it Hunter Patton? Who? I haven't. Thank Casey. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't really put it together yet. I want to say Hunter because when Hunter went on a roll, it was about a two-year run, and a lot of people don't realize that we kind of forget it. But he was winning weekly in Texas at all kind of things. I think he won like the IHRA bracket finals one week, and then the next week he won like a twenty grand or somewhere and doubled up or something, and then then he went off to the fall fling, and then but there was races leading up to that for for a really long time um now jeff has just been unreal this year and um but i i, I want to say hunter and not because i don't like either one of them i like both of them and they're both uh i consider friends and very talented guys but i think hunters was a little longer run but jeff shows no signs of slowing down so i mean give him right. another few months hell i think jeff's won more money i'll be honest he might yeah, have won yeah. more money here that right. period well and that's the thing man is that it's it's not even the amount of money. It's just the simple fact that I kind of I kind of lean more towards Jeff because Jeff wanted runner up to himself and almost did it again. I think two or three times this year, man. Yeah. And at the races he's doing that at, that's not a uh, that's not a weekly event. That's not a five grander. Those are like hundred thousand dollar races where you're racing Scotty, you're racing Edmund, you're racing Kenny Underwood, you're racing. What like nine Penningtons at any given time? Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, there's just a bunch of them. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Yeah, Nasty's out I mean, there too. That's what I'm calling them. No, yeah, Mr. Nasty, nasty time. Yeah. I mean, you got all these guys who who would be on your list if you were legitimately writing down like who am I going to pick from for the best of all time? Mm-hmm. Like all those guys. That's who Jeff's beating and running himself. So that's telling you right there he's he is capable of. I don't think it's. You can't really base it on just a couple years. If he keeps this this pace up, he is on pace to be the greatest of all time by far. I think so. And I think he um, – I mean, Jeff is just – he's done it a little different than, than Hunter, but uh, he's been impressive. It, there's no question it's been impressive. But Jeff's been good for his – I mean, I'll be honest, before 2018, I probably didn't know much about Jeff. But mm-hmm. in the time I've been really watching this stuff, I mean, he's been nasty everywhere on a week-to-week basis. So – well, um, and how old is he? He's not terribly old. He's probably not 
Like, I don't know if he's... He's in his 30s. Is he 30 yet? yet? I, believe, I believe he's close if he ain't there. Uh, don't quote me. like maybe 30, 32, something well, how, like that. You talk about greatest of all time, so talk about somebody else that's got a run in front of him is a Gage Birch. Oh, I mean, look no how question. young that right. guy is. Yep. And, and I'll be honest, he doesn't promote himself. Like, he'll post some stuff, but he doesn't pro- pro- uh, promote everything. Word has it he's been doing Word has it he's been doing it since juniors too. So he's been he's been pretty doggone stout in a car all his life. I maybe bet. that's uh, maybe that's his deal with Matt. Matt probably says you can drive anything of mine anytime you want, but don't tell anybody you'll drive for them. You drive for me. <laughs> hey, we, when when Gage was on the podcast, he told us. I said uh, we were talking about junior wins, and uh, one of my son's good friends, one of our good friends, is Graham Rufinot, and I think he's been in a hundred and shoot. 30 finals or something in his career, maybe more than that now. But And uh, I asked Gage, I was like, well, you know, how many finals you been in? Like, and he goes, oh, man, a bunch. I said, like, 100? He goes, oh, yeah, more than that. I said, 200? He goes, oh, definitely way more than that. And I just went, uh, <laughs> oh, you, your jaw drops because you start thinking, I mean, you know, that's a lot of finals. I mean, it's unreal. And so that kid's yeah. been with for a long time, and he hasn't slowed down any. Um, I no, think he man. was in the was he runner up in one of the fifties at the million just recently. I believe so, and don't forget right. about the fact didn't he almost go? Wasn't he dangerously close to going back to back in the five twenty five? Yep, he was within yep. a thou. I think he was one thou under on the Thursday fifty k or something. I guess right. what Chris Bear. How do I remember that? <laughs> You're the drag champ. It's That's like wrong. it's like you partially do it for a living. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, no, that so that name Graham Graham Rufinot. Uh, are they from Texas? Because that's one. They are that from I, Texas. They're I'm from the Austin hide. area. I'm gonna hide from him in the pits. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna, I'm gonna hide as best <laughs> as I can. I've been seeing he his name across the other day. He, 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 he drove a stalker. Yeah, '69 Camaro. '69 Camaro. Listen to me, um, Chris Farley's gonna kick my butt. It was a Mustang. I think it was '69 Fastback Mustang. And uh, Graham jumped in that thing and started driving it. And his dad's got several cars. He's building a '67 or '8 Camaro for him, I think. So. Uh, Graham is everybody will hear that name in the big cars very soon. Yep, no question so, about it. I've been seeing that name for a me, few years now. <laughs> yeah, let me ask you this, Gary. So now we've just talked about how you know Hunter Patton and Jeff Sarah obviously are definitely just because of the seasons they had. If they quit right now, they're definitely still in the running for at least two of the greatest who have ever done it. Period. So, do you think that? those two guys are on the level yet of like can so i in my mind this is just me personally you have the guys who are really good like right now you have nasty nick you have hunter Patton, you have jeff sarah like they're all right here and right here just above them you have like people like the williams brothers and underwood and scotty and edmund and dan fletcher and guys like that what would it take for you know jeff and hunter and nick to be up on that level because those those guys I just mentioned, I mean, like you said earlier, they've been winning forever. Kenny's been winning forever. Troy and Gary forever. Like, I mean, I don't think Gary's ever had a real job. <laughs> Maybe <just> not. <laughs> no, I, I think Luke and Chad hit on this a few times in their podcast, and they were spot on. Is It's longevity. And and I think that the, the guys you talked about, like obviously Nick. Nick's been killing it for a while. I mean, very quietly. That guy will win 10 grand. He won 10 grand one week. I thought it was an off week. There was no big races. It was at some mid-Michigan something. I don't even know what it was, and he won. You know, I'm thinking, good gracious. So 
that dude is is solid and wins all the time. The Hunters, the Jeffs, uh, the Gage Birches, um, even like a Justin Lamb on the NHRA side, it's won a ton. Right. The problem is, is they've done it for however many years, but you know when you look back at, at some of these other guys, they've been doing it for 30 years. So right. it's hard to compare a five-year run, a two-year run, or whatever, versus 30 years. And kind of, there's been a lot of guys over the years that did it for four or five years and then just quit or – you know, whatever. So, to me, when you got it, when you look over all, overall, you got to say, look, how long have they done it at a high level? And there's gaps in there. Scotty didn't race as much at times, and Edmund they didn't. But when they come back and they put their heart into it, they're right back at the top of the game. Or, or you know, I mean, obviously the Williams brothers have never quit. They've just been winning for as long as I could ever remember. So, um, those other guys are going to be there. They just stay at it. But you know, when you start getting married you get kids you get other responsibilities sometimes that takes away and and can you sustain it over 30 years uh 25 years 20 years and, and keep competing because the game changes it's different today yeah. than it was 25 years ago and you, not only that but you're fighting new technology you're getting adapted to that you're adapting to the new economy you're adapting to you know because think about it man during that time that Troy and Gary and Kenny and all those guys were winning all those races, we went through a major recession through that time. Big mm-hmm. money racing virtually disappeared and then came back, and now it's back as big as it's ever been ever. you still got to pay the entry fees. you still got to find people to drive for. Uh, you still got to maintain your own cars, and you still got to go all over the country. So I well, mean, you- that's, it's not just racing. It just shows, too, because I think at a time, you look at the Hefflers and – and, and uh, you know, the, the Richardsons that dominated in the 80s and 90s in Texas area, you know, they did it when they just had the driving. They, they were just better drivers, right? They had an advantage that way. They even probably had better cars. And I mean, you know, nowadays everybody's got a good car. I mean, hell, mine will post. I, mine won't move 5,000 a day, you know, from 3 in the afternoon to in 100-degree heat till 3 in the morning. It just is, well, if my junk could do that, then how many other people's cars can do it? Whereas... So the windows got tighter, but like I said, look at who's still winning. After all these years, whether they had the yes. advantage, a bigger advantage back then or a smaller advantage today, they still keep turning on wind lights. So, um, you know, it just shows the cream rises to the top and the people that put the most into it are going to be the ones that, uh, you know, get the most out of it. So, no, It's pretty spot on, pretty spot on. I've seen Britt Cummins in here commenting too, and he said 20 more years kind of along the same line that you were speaking there. Yeah. So, well, I mean, they've been doing Britt, it that long. Written slate, they're they're up there too on that on that pedestal thing. Especially, oh yeah. Especially, I mean, no offense, Britt, but especially Slate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait, Britt told me he goes, where do you think he learned everything he knows? <laughs> that's that's right. true, man. Right. I, I'll never forget, man. I got to say something hilarious that I saw because you know how they have their their Cummings Motorsports page, and it kind of is just for entertainment purposes. Whenever <laughs> most of it seems like it's for picking on Cole, but. Uh, yes. But it's hilarious, and there was one time, I don't remember, but Slate and this other guy were going back and forth, and Britt was asking him some questions about, uh, you know, how did it feel? Because I guess Slate got into it about a guy telling him he couldn't drive or something, must have, and I don't know who it was, but Britt was interviewing him, and Slate looks at him with a straight face. He said, yeah, there were 399 awesome racers there, and one guy with no talent. <laughs> yep. he ended yeah, up that was uh, somebody – I don't know who it was, but some guy kind of jumped all on the Cummings that day on Facebook, and I still don't know why, and they don't know why, but can't remember the guy's name, but 
it was pretty entertaining because uh, you know Cummins boys just like to have fun, man. I mean, they just have a good time. I, I love hanging out with those guys. I'm glad to to know them as as well as I do nowadays. As as Britt told me a couple of years ago, you, what was it? I think it was yeah, it was. Uh, I guess it was early nineteen. We were as a like uh, April nineteen. We were in of uh, nineteen. We were in Houston at the points race, and I roll up and I'm talking to Cole and Britt looks at me and said. You know, nobody knew who the hell you were like a year ago. <laughs> I said, man, I've been racing NH race stuff, you know, since 99 or something and traveling all over, you know, done a bunch of the racing. And nobody knew who I was until we started Drag Champs. So it was pretty funny. That was my funny brick quote. And it was true. Well, hey, man. Hey, all of us can't be well known for winning races like they can. <laughs> I have one. It's it's up over my shoulder, up on the top, up there collecting dust. That's all I got. So. <laughs> y'all see y'all see nasty nick's trophy room the other day i shared no man i didn't oh god it was it was just one room i mean it was unreal and they just went around the room panned around the room with a video camera unreal man so so what's going on this weekend uh, are you heading up to the uh to the pri show we are heading up to pri so i'm heading up uh i think i'm just gonna go thursday morning we'll fly in and get there early thursday morning and be there for a few days how about you guys Case spent yeah, too much we money on that on car. <laughs> we were planning on it, and then that's exactly right. I spent way too much money on that car, and uh, we even had our media credentials and everything. Man, going bracket racing was was the real deal on all that You're stuff. We were we were proud of that, man. Uh, right. It was, you know, it's not it's not like it's difficult to get it or anything, but it made <laughs> me and George be like, oh man, we're important now. You know? My first it's year, like, I didn't know you could just show up. I'm like over there and like. <laughs> Literally the last minute, I'm like, are y'all going to send me my credentials? Like, am I getting to this place and all this? And they're just like, just show up. I'm like, boy, that didn't. Yeah, so anyway. But no, I went in in 19 eye-opening. Had no clue. Um, Just the connections you can make, the the relationships of people. Um, Obviously, if you're a racer, don't go asking for money from people. You know, I I, I definitely uh, will go try to meet some of these people that I talked to and and have met before there and different relationships. But, uh, you know... uh, I don't know. We, everybody, I think, goes expected to get free stuff, and I don't think that's what it's for. It's really just to go and meet people, get your name in front of someone, um, you know, let them know who the hell you are, and and then they'll right. follow you, and you'll, you know, you might be able to make those relationships out of it. But yeah. uh, and it's, it's worth going. It's, yeah, and it's not even really about that. I mean, I've I've been to PRI before, just as normal. I guess you'd call it a civilian, whatever you want to call it, but. Uh, <laughs> Man, it's PRI is cool just because of the stuff that's there. Like if you're if you're a racer and you actually work on your own stuff and you see some of the stuff that's there that I mean, a lot of the stuff that's there is highly unattainable for a mm-hmm. normal guy. But you can go up and touch it and see it and like I I remember the thing I remember the most is whenever uh you know, you go by and there's a Nitrous Express booth. Well, they have a fully plumbed or they did this particular day. They had a fully plumbed pro nitrous fogger setup on an on a sheet metal intake and they would purge it through there and just show how much nitrous it is and then the room disappears yeah. and you're just like this is unbelievable how much nitrous they eat i think Musi actually said that whenever they make a quarter mile run those uh they're i think the 15 pound bottles they run two of them and it uses almost all of it on wow yeah, on one run, it uses almost all of it. I think they said they had like, I want to say there were 28 pounds total, and they used 25 of them or something like that on one 
full nitrous pass in an NHRA Pro Mod. <laughs> back in the day, I remember you put nitrous on a car, and I'm talking back in the 80s, you know, and you'd blow that damn thing up. And nowadays, man, they just pump so much into these cars. Yeah. And they still, at that level, they're burning a lot of pistons and stuff. But it's amazing how consistent or, or how easy you can throw some nitrous on a car today versus when I was a teenager, you know. What about those baby blowers, man? I mean, every the the new th- hot thing is going to be. I just feel like five years from now, everything's going to have a baby blower on it because at this it's point, a fad. It's a bracket, fad. Yep. Yeah, but I mean, if you're bracket racing at this point, why build a six thirty two and then have that real long stroke and everything, which is hard on stuff? Whenever you could just have a five forty with one of those baby blowers and go just as fast and not have to beat your stuff so hard. I think that's what people are finding is that you take a high-end motor that's already running 440s or 450s and go put a blower in and tear shit up. Right. If you take a, you know, the, the goal of that to be for bracket racing would to be a 540 or five, 565, something with a conventional head, you know, not and then put the baby blower on it and run 450s or 460s right. cheaply. So instead of a 480 car, 490 car, you got a 450, 460, but you haven't spent you know, $30,000 on an engine. And I think that's where you're going to see those work better. I had a friend of mine in Louisiana, uh, Frank Eckert. He had a 540 that was nothing special. Put a blower on it because he always ran blowers in his top sportsman cars. And I think he ran 660s in the quarter mile like clockwork. And it just never tore up anything. It was a pretty basic motor. But 660s in a, in a dragster is pretty quick. I don't know what that is in the eighth, but it's fast enough. And you don't have, you know, 30 dollars tied up in a high-end motor. So... Exactly, and if you do blow it up, you don't care because it's you know it's it's just a basic motor. I mean, Jamie Holston, you you know Jamie Holston, you were at the million, the orange dragster, the blower car that sounds like the world's ending when he does a burnout. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's a galop boy. You always know whenever he's running, but he was still doubled at like what fifth or sixth round, still doubled running four sixties in a in a blower dragster. That's just a five oh nine with one of those baby blowers on. It's all it is, right. and yeah. clearly you can hot lap it. Right. Well, my kid loves them. And I always grew up, I hated blowers, I'll be real honest. And uh, like I said, my friend had them, and I just didn't think they were that cool. And then nowadays, I'm kind of like, that's pretty cool. The uh, <laughs> the, Wheeler bro- the Wheeler brothers out of, uh, I guess they're out of Kansas. They come down to Texas a lot, Carson, and um, I always forget his brother's name, and I hate that. But uh, the, the Wheeler brothers are bad dudes, and they win a lot, but they've got blowers on both those cars. And they were at the Motorplex uh a year or so ago, a year ago, and they were parked right beside us, and they come pulling up with that thing, brah, 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 whatever, and my kid just <laughs> smiled. That's what we need, Dad. That's what we need. I'm like, yeah, yeah. He gets his Man. big car. Maybe we'll have to – maybe we might have to buy one of those cheap 509s and put a baby blower on. <laughs> baby blower. Hey, man, the thing is, is to be completely realistic, you could probably build a – realistically, a 23-degree – if you if you're doing all the work yourself, you could build a 23-degree 496 – and put one of those baby blowers on you get a brand new one with the intake and everything from alky digger for like four grand with the with everything like with the pulleys all that stuff and uh so what's that add up to four plus say seventy five hundred so eleven and a half and you can go for i don't know if i trust a stock block with 496 we might have to go 509 <laughs> with a bow tie block or something well and that'd be a thing if you could get a bow tie blocker if you get one of those marine blocks that'd be cool you need a four bolt main block but I ran a little 505 in Super Gas for a while. That thing was fun. It was tough, though. I, I ended up getting to the – I runnered up uh, uh, the Dallas National in that thing, and I had to dial it like 980. 
because if every time I, I guess the way the cam profile was and the way we had it set up on the throttle stop, it would fall on its face if I put too much time in it to slow it down to 990. So I'd either run like 982 consistently all day, or I'd put some time in it to run like 94, 93. You know, it never would hit that 90. So I just dialed at 980 all weekend, ended up running it up. But uh, those little 496 are good little engines, man. That thing would run pretty good too. And they last a long time too, it seems like. Hopefully. They're cheap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess I did say that already. <laughs> hey, uh, Gary, Gary Dunn, tell us, tell us real quick before we get out of here. We're coming close, but I got a, uh, I got a comment here from Jamie Stringer. She says, ask him about how out of control those junior parents are, specifically those brawls at Brainerd a couple weeks ago. Yeah, oh, jeez, man. Uh, yeah, they... I, it gets a little crazy with those juniors. They're uh, they're kind of like the little league parents. So uh, you know, I was in the pits, and uh, we're waiting for the team race to get done. They ran a team race on Saturday, so twenty four junior teams, five on five. You know, kind of like the dream team deal uh, for my boy Brett and Galen put on. But uh, we went out early. Two drag champ teams met each other first round, and uh, we went out early. So we're just sitting around waiting for this thing, and it's getting dark, and it's getting cold, and they're still not done. And next thing I know, but this little kid that's next, uh, that's on our team, he's like nine, ten years old. He's like, there's a fight. I'm like, what do you need a fight? So I go up there, come and find out they had some kind of brawl on the starting line. There was people going everywhere. Cops got called. And I don't know. Some I, I don't want to incriminate anybody because I didn't see it. And yeah. I only heard bits and pieces. But all I can tell you is, uh, you know, it's it's fun. Um, <laughs> but it's kind of like Little League sometimes. And we've all seen how those things can go. So um, I, yeah. I don't. Like I said, I don't know what happened, but it was it was interesting. And um, I will tell you, I get more flack from the top ten list from the junior parents than I do others. And um, the, the thing I will tell you about that is, you know, don't get tricky when you're trying to nominate somebody. You know, they all try to, well, they cut a 001 light and they, they did this and it was their fourth time to ever go down the track and this. And I was like, what did they win? You know, what did they do? Just real clear. We were runner up or they'll sometimes say they they tripled up. And then that means they won three rounds. I'm like, no, 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 that, that's not what we're talking about here. Yeah, so that's not what triple that means to me. <laughs> so we've had a few parents get mad because, like, well, we nominated them. We told you what they did. And I'm like, man, I read your post like five times. I still don't know what your kid won. <laughs> and sometimes that's on the big car post too, you know. It's like uh, the funniest part of that is when guys go, well, I won a 10-grander this weekend, and I won a 10-grander at the end of last year. Well, okay, we're six months apart, and the, everybody on the list won like twice in the last week. So yeah. you're six months Jeff apart, Sarah don't count. Just it up to himself yesterday, yeah. <laughs> and then he, he's going to do it next week too. So. I, right. I wonder sometimes when some of these people complain that they didn't make it. I'm like, did you actually objectively look at the list and tell you tell me who I would take off and you would be on in front of? And so it, it's pretty entertaining, and I get a good chuckle. Right. I'm just worried yeah, where, that, where that big list is, George. You, you had a big list you showed me earlier questions. Did you get through all those? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. I, it's only one left. I told you it wasn't going to be hard. I told I told you I wouldn't catch you off guard. I, I promise. Nobody's asked me about crown and dues with Mitch Clary at the million. So that's that's a good one. So nope. we'll, we'll, we'll let that one slide. <laughs> we do have a lot of comments hey. in the chat, though. We haven't really read through all of them. We could probably go for another couple hours as many comments as there are in here right now. But you got a case. Comment, you no, man, I was just going to say, Gary, you got anybody that you want to thank before you get off the going bracket racing show here, man? Oh, yeah. I want to thank my wife for letting me do this, man. She has put up with a lot in the last few years, and she went from being a naysayer to saying, okay, I see you. This is going to be good. 
she just flashed me. So, oh, well, uh, that's what I'm nice. talking about. This is commercial time <laughs> right here. Hey. behind me. Y'all would have gotten the <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, no, I do have to thank her because she's she's on board and, and she supported me with it and she puts up with all this mess and the long hours and stuff. So, um, you know, and just uh, the people that work with us, you know, obviously uh, we mentioned Ron and Jake and helping on the podcast. And then we've got uh, Paige Hamlin. You mentioned her earlier. She's been a big part of growing drag champ to over 25,000 followers. And um, Jessica Spears, Peyton Cusimano, who congratulations, got on the 30 under 30 with Drag Illustrated. So nice. congrats to her. Um, we've got uh, Megan Strasswag. Um, there's been other people helping throughout the years, and uh, obviously we just brought on Caden Stikes. So Caden's a writer for us now, uh, a good young man. Got to meet him earlier this year, and, and he's going to be writing for us. So uh, just appreciate all the people that help us and all the fans that, that follow our stuff. I mean, it's 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 humbling to see sometimes, and uh, just glad we do something that people like. Right on. Right on. Anything for drag racing is the way I say it. Especially bracket racing. I mean, I I, I know that it's a, a, a segment of drag racing, but man, it's just something about bracket racing that I just I like that better at this point. So, um, but I no, had a guy ask me the other day if I was going to run some more NHRA stuff, and I said maybe next, maybe twenty three. I said I'm still having fun just going bracket racing on a Saturday night. I don't care if it's San Antonio for. 800 bucks or if it's you know going to the new year's race with brett and galen and running for 20 or twenty-five thousand, I, I just want to go race and getting to race with my kid is even more fun and watching him grow as a driver and um that i don't really care where we go we just pick week to week we order want to go race this week and have fun so that's pretty cool exactly man well we can't uh we can't thank you enough for coming on here obviously everybody go out and check out drag champ pro I'm sure everybody who's checked out going bracket racing lives checked out drag champ, but if you haven't definitely go over there, definitely go over there and uh, give them a little bit of that cash. It's worth the podcast, man. I'm telling you, if you yeah. haven't heard from them already, they're still, they're still on Apple podcasts, right? So they can definitely go get a feel of that. There's 70, 75 episodes out there. So yes. sample it before you buy it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I appreciate y'all having us on and let me do the drag chip minute every week. And uh, I, I won't lie. There's some Monday nights. I'm like, oh, crap. I hadn't done a, a video. <laughs> you know, and I whip, up the, whip out the video camera and the setup and then have to, ha uh, you know, edit through that thing about a thousand times to get something good. But uh, anyway, I appreciate y'all. Uh, you know, everything y'all do for, for the bracket racing guys and, and for partnering with us too a little bit. So let sure. me come on. Anytime. Definitely, man. Well, guys, hey, thanks for chiming in. Thanks for making this show a good one, helping us spread the word about Drag Champ Pro. As always, guys, from the Going Bracket Racing channel, uh, YouTube channel, we'll see you guys next Tuesday.